Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Sammy Jacobs. Along with us will be TJ Inman, here to talk about Indiana's big dominating win over Northwestern, 34-3 on Saturday night in Bloomington to push the Hoosiers to 7-2, and just outside the top 25 in both the AP and coaches poll. Uh, Indiana has clinched a winning record for the first time since 2007 and the second time uh, since 1993, uh, so a big night for Indiana. But first, before we start, a word from our partners over at my bookie. As a true football fan, you already know, just as sure as the seasons change, Tom Brady will keep the Patriots in the game, except for last night. Every weekend, our favorite gridiron warriors put their skills to the test, so why aren't you doing the same? We're almost halfway through the NFL season, so now is the time to get off the sideline and get in the game with MyBookie. MyBookie is the premier place to bet on all your favorite pro and college football action every weekend. They always have the most up-to-date lines and the most prop bets of any sports book on the planet. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and bet with, with the best at MyBookie. The best part is if you join right now, my bookie will double your first deposit. That's right. If you put $1,000, they'll give you $1,000. That's double your initial deposit you can use on all your favorite picks. Use promo code CHAIR to activate the, uh, the offer. That's promo code CHAIR, C-H-A-I-R, double your cash. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. All right. Uh, we now bring in TJ Inman. Uh, TJ, how are you doing this evening? Uh, winter has finally arrived here in Indianapolis, a little mild today, but it's uh, going to be a November full of meaningful football for Indiana, and, and they're now part of the talk of great November football and college football this year. Yeah, it's exciting. It really is. Uh, it's a different feeling for sure. Um, you know, really for the first time since I joined uh, the site here, however many years ago that was, several, um, it's it's Indiana having meaningful games in this month outside of just the bucket game. Um, it's really exciting, and uh, IU headed into a bye week at 7-2. and two, Gives us a ton to talk about, and I'm looking forward to that. Uh, certainly wrapping up uh, another victory that uh, it was kind of weird because it was a Big Ten game against somebody that was not Rutgers, uh, that was really incredibly comfortable, stress-free, and just a more or less dominant performance by Indiana. Uh, They did what good teams are supposed to do to to teams like Northwestern that are struggling, and they got out in front and never let off the gas. Yeah, you know, 
people have been uh, kind of dismissing IU, and, and it's all IU fans. Every national person I've talked to um, yeah. or national person that I've listened to on the radio is really bought into you know how well IU's playing, going on the road last week uh, and winning at Nebraska, even though Nebraska's struggling. Uh, you know, the, the wins that they've had at home – you know, have been dominating wins over teams that, that have dominated. And then you have the IU fans who, who look at, well, they should have beaten Michigan State. Michigan State's terrible now, and they're, they're okay, fine. They should have beaten Michigan State. Well, oh, we, we should have been more competitive. Nobody's been competitive against Ohio State all year. No. Wisconsin was a top-ten team. They, they weren't competitive. Michigan State got shut out. Michigan's going to lose by 100 to Ohio State. It, it's just – uh, enough with this woe is me. I can't buy into this team because the program lost however many games in its history. Get over it. Uh, it it's embarrassing to see it. You know, it looked good on TV at the beginning. You had 40,000 people uh, tickets sold at, at the game. It's embarrassing when there's a thousand people left in the stadium when your team just won your seventh game of the season. It was 38 degrees. It wasn't 20 degrees. It wasn't 50 below zero. It was 38 degrees. Put on an extra sweater, have a hot chocolate at the game, and stick it out. Because it's – guess what? When it comes bowl season and people are complaining that they're going to have to get shipped out to San Francisco or go to Detroit, guess what bowl reps are looking at? Your fan base. Are they going to travel? Well, how are they going to travel to Florida or someplace nice when they can't even make it down the road uh, to the game from Bloomington? It's embarrassing, and I hate calling out the fans. There are about 35,000 diehard fans who deserve all the respect in the world from this team. The rest of you, get it together, because it it was embarrassing to watch it on TV. It's embarrassing to see people laugh, empty seats on Twitter, all that stuff. Your team's 7-2. They're on a four-game winning streak. They're going to go to Penn State in two weeks. They might get beat. Penn State's a top-ten team. We'll see where they are at the end of this week. They're going to play uh, undefeated Minnesota in the West. But guess what? This is a good football team. Good football teams beat bad football teams by 31 points at home. So I don't know whatever excuse you have, It's I'm not buying it. Get out, support this football team. They're a good team. If they lose to Penn State, you should still come out and support them against Michigan because guess what? This team's probably going to win eight games. And that doesn't happen very often. And you want to start turning the corner? Well, guess what? Sometimes it starts in the stands too. This team has done their part. They've given you a good football team to watch. Yes, they have lost two games. One of them, they probably should have won. If it wasn't for a, a penalty on a punt return and about six inches on a pass, they walk out of East Lansing with a win. Other than that, I, there's nothing else to do. They've changed ticket prices. They lower ticket prices. Guess which tickets didn't sell? The $30 tickets. They fixed parking a little bit. They've sold beer and alcohol at the stadium, uh, and now they're winning. What, what else do you guys want? A, a roof over the stadium? Uh, it, it's it's enough. Not with the excuses. 
get out there, support this team. You have one game left to support this team uh, at home. And it's going to be a sad day when this team gets passed over by a good bull because you look at the the fan base and go, oh, yeah, well, they were 7-2, and and they only drew 40,000 people for the Northwestern game, a night game, because that does happen. It happened to Michigan State with Michigan a couple years ago. Michigan State beat Michigan, but Michigan went to a higher bowl. There's a big deal about that. So it does come back. But enough about the fans who don't show up. Let's talk about this team uh, and, and the game. Uh, mm-hmm. TJ, I thought this was the most well-rounded game that IU played. It was – I hate using the word ho-hum. But it was, you know, a, a lunch pail, got down to right. business, took care of business, and got out of there. It, there was nothing – Really, really exciting. Uh, it, it was ten nothing early, twenty four three at halftime, thirty four three was the final. It just, you know, it, it was a butt kicking, and uh, it, it was. I thought the most well rounded game. IU did have trouble stopping the quarterback run. I think that was. It's always a problem because you're the the numbers are weird. You now have yeah. ten, uh, ten blockers to account for. And, you know, it, it gets you. But after that that second quarter, um, after that second quarter uh, drive, Northwestern didn't do anything. And, uh, you know, IU's receivers were unguardable. Uh, four pass interference penalties in, in the end zone for Northwestern. Uh, IU cut down on their penalties. And I, and I think the two big penalties were, were the Cam Jones targeting and the Jerome Johnson face mask. The face mask, yeah. to me, was he had his arm out, and the face mask kind of caught his hand. It was just trying to make a play, things like that. I can't yeah. fault him on that. It wasn't like an egregious, I'm going to rip his head off thing. And then Cam Jones, I uh, didn't notice it live. Going back, IU lucked out that there were 17 seconds in the half, in the first half, because now he could come back and play against uh, Penn State. But other than that, yeah. this is a pretty clean game. Stevie Scott made his presence known. Uh, we'll see what happens to Michael Penix. He's got to stay healthy uh, at some point, whether that means putting extra, you know, a little extra padding on him uh, or doing something in the offseason to, to bulk it up, uh, bulk mm-hmm. him up a little bit because, uh, you know, he, he can't finish a game. And then – it was to me. I don't know if it was to you, TJ. It's kind of obvious that Peyton Ramsey wasn't a hundred percent in that game either, uh, based on the right. play calls. And then he just looked a little bit hesitant to run after he's probably very sore after that Nebraska game. Um, so we'll see where they go from there. They have a week off to get healthy. What other takeaways do you have from the game? Well, I agree with you on Ramsey. Um, I think it was apparent. And look. Um, Indiana had established a lead to the point that they didn't need to do anything additional with Peyton Ramsey, which is good. IU took care of business early. Uh, it really did coast home. It felt like if Indiana really wanted to, uh, you know, they could have put another 10 or 14 on the board. Uh, but IU, I think, wisely, you know, eased off the gas um, as far as the offense goes and just made sure Northwestern never got anything going on offense on their end. Um, a couple things that stuck out. One, Northwestern's offense, as we talked about going into that game, 
just a lack of playmakers. Uh, they've had a number of misses on the recruiting trail, a uh, number of misses as far as development goes, and they just don't have weapons that scare you. Nobody stretches the field on that team, and Indiana's defense was very aware of it. Uh, and I thought, as you said, played a very, very good game. Uh, what stood out to me really on both sides of the ball, Northwestern's a team that's known for being very physical, uh, and Indiana was the more physical team. I don't think there's any question about that. Indiana was more physical, really took it to Northwestern. Uh, we're, we're getting into the backfield on nearly every play uh, and harassing Northwestern's quarterbacks. Um, you know, the Big Ten Network analyst had um, – they were harping a bit on, on Stallings' uh, the sack that he heard, uh, throwdown oh, that he please. had on Hunter Johnson. I – I didn't see anything wrong at that at all. If you want to blame the officials for not stopping the play, okay, fine. But they didn't. They didn't stop the play. They let it continue. Hunter Johnson was continuing to try to get yardage uh, and, and get some of it back that Stallings had him wrapped up, and he put him down. I didn't see anything wrong with it. But Indiana, uh, I thought, was very physical. I thought, as you mentioned, it was a good day for Indiana's receivers and a show of respect for Indiana's passing game because Northwestern – was giving IU's receivers a big cushion, big cushion, because they knew they were in trouble if the Hoosiers went over to the top. Uh, so they had to yeah. give them a big cushion, and IU took advantage of it. I thought it was very smart. Yep. Um, and well executed, too. I mean, from, from both Ramsey and Penix. Uh, then you said Stevie Scott, definitely big game for him. Uh, he has, you know, increased his versatility uh, Indiana was able to use him out of the backfield as a receiving threat, and then he ran very physically, very strong as well. Uh, he looks really good, that is for sure. Heading into the bye week, uh, he's ramped up his play here recently and um, looks like the, the type of player we expected him to be. Um, the, the only other really interesting thing that I thought uh, coming out of that was I, – I, I noticed, and it was something I was looking for during the game, is how would Indiana's linebacker rotation kind of change with Thomas Allen out for the year. Uh, James Miller increased his playing time. We knew that was going to happen in Allen's absence. And, you know, I I think Miller, as we've talked about before, has the chance to make a difference. Uh, He he does kind of jump off at you with kind of the explosiveness he hits with. Uh, he had a couple of, of really big hits that I thought, um, you know, with increased playing time, maybe that's a, a guy that can make a difference for your defense in, in a game or a particular spot. And then Taiwan Mullen continuing to just be a incredibly impactful player as a freshman. He is going to be, he already is, but he is going to be a really, really special player for the Hoosiers. Yeah, he was fantastic. He he raked the ball out on that first run, which mm-hmm. I thought set the tone for the game. I mean, it, it yeah. was, uh, you know, North, IU went down, kicked the field goal, kind of stalled in the red zone, and Northwestern's first run looks like it was going to go for 22 yards, and kind of maybe that play wakes up the offense for them. But Taiwan Mullen strips the ball out. Uh, Michael Ziemba, who's had a fantastic season as well, had mm-hmm. – uh, picks it up. IU gets it at the 46-yard line. Goes in for a touchdown, I think six or seven plays later. It's 10-0. And 
Northwestern with the field goal kind of got back into it, and then they they fumbled again, I believe, at their own 18-yard line, and yeah, that that it was over after then. Uh, that makes it 17-3. You bring in Hunter Johnson. You can't throw the ball, and and sure, Northwestern doesn't really have the weapons out there, but they couldn't complete a pass. No, they looked really bad. Short, short arming it. I mean, this is, and I was watching Hunter Johnson warm ups, and you know, we we knew he was going to play pretty early in the week. Um, with the news coming out that he'd returned, you know, mm-hmm. he's returned to. I think he was still practicing with the team, but his mother was bat is battling cancer, and uh, you know, he he took some time off. I think from games and, and preparing for games. Uh, to spend time with her, which is very, very understandable. But he, you know, he he felt well enough to come back, and you know, warming up. He, I mean, he's got a cannon of an arm. Uh, so in the game, I just where where was this arm? You know, where where were these yeah. throws? Where's you know, he's overthrowing guys. He's short short arming guys. Um, he's kind of got tunnel vision. And things like that. So, you know, it's interesting to see the the Hunter Johnson thing. Northwestern is definitely having a disappointing year. They got frustrated very, very early, and it kind of reminds yes. me of those bad IU teams where you see the DBs uh, crying to the refs, and Pat Fitzgerald blew up a couple of times. Where I thought he might get ejected that game. Um, yeah, you know, he was asked. He was asking for it. it. You know, it's like one of those baseball games where your team's down 12 runs and, and you know, like, whatever, I'm just going to get ejected and, and maybe that'll fire fire things up. So, yeah. yeah, you're you trying know. anything. Yeah, Northwest. And then it, it got chippy there in the second half after the Stallings sack, Charlie Mangieri, who is Nick Mangieri's younger brother at the superback position, kind of cheap shot at Alan Stallings. Uh, on the next play, which I'm sure the TV guys didn't cover. No, um, I, I was not. I was not thrilled with with the broadcast uh, of the game. I don't know if it was just rewatching it on my iPad. The audio was off. Uh, the announcers now the the visual package was fantastic. Um, a lot of IU history and stuff, but it, it is what it is with, with TV and IU, but. To me, Indiana won a physical physical battle, the mental battle, and they they won the battle on the field. They were just the better team on paper, and Northwestern's got to be scratching their head. This is a team that went to the Big Ten championship game last year, hung with Ohio State for about three quarters, and brought in a a five-star quarterback. Yeah, they have some injuries, but they haven't scored a touchdown in – in like over a month, I think uh, Pat Fitzgerald said today they haven't scored a touchdown since Kennedy was president. Uh, so he, he's trying to make light of, light of it. So it, it's it, when we started the year, and now everybody's bashing how easy the schedule was. We started the year, the schedule was the thing that was going to hold IU back in the Big Ten. You had tough, what on paper tough West Division matchups with Nebraska 
at Nebraska and, and you had Northwestern coming in after winning the West. And then going to Purdue is, is always tough. Now, Purdue's down to their third-string quarterback. Rondell Moore looks like he, he's out still for a while. And that's just the way college football goes. And people got to wrap their head around it. These schedules have been set years and years in advance. Uh, I think I use non-conference schedule is soft, and it should be soft by design so you could have seasons like this. But this is a good football team, and they showed that on Saturday night. doesn't matter who they're playing. Um, this is what good football teams do. So they go into the open week 7-2, and 4-2 and two in the Big Ten, needing one more win in the Big Ten to have a winning Big Ten record as well. Um, so there are a lot of things on the table. Uh, TJ, what needs to happen during this open week for IU to take the next step and maybe get an upset at Penn State or against Michigan before heading to Purdue? Like the first thing is going to be the quarterbacks, and I, I include Peyton Ramsey in that, need to get healthy. I don't think Ramsey is injured. Uh, I do think that Ramsey is, is sore and hurting, uh, which is understandable because uh, Nebraska, you know, laid a couple of really big hits on him, and he he toughed it out. I think Indiana certainly would have preferred to have him not have to go in that game on Saturday, um, but you know he he did toughed it out, and they they tailored the play calling to get him out of there okay um, and got Tuttle in there as well towards the end of it. But uh, that's the first one for me. I don't, you know, Penix or Ramsey, uh, hopefully both of them will be healthy and available to go, uh, you know, as healthy as football players are going to get in the middle of November, but healthy and ready to go at Penn State. Um, I think the second thing, Indiana needs to um, – uh, you know, it, it's hard to, to pick any criticisms coming out of Northwestern, but just looking at the, the two teams that we're going to be coming up to here in a little bit, I, I do think it's going to be very important for Indiana to come up with some, some additional wrinkles that Penn State and Michigan haven't seen. I think this is a perfect time for the bye week to to come and, and put in just a couple of, of little wrinkles. You're not going to rework the game plan. You're not going to rework – uh, rewrite the playbook. You certainly don't need to, and you're not going to at this point. But add a couple of wrinkles that those teams haven't seen that you can throw into games. Uh, I think that, the, look, at Penn State, it's going to be an incredibly difficult test. Uh, Penn State, while we say, you know, Michigan State and Northwestern are two teams that I, I think have a very good defense. They do. They have very good defenses. However, Penn State has an elite defense. Uh, I think Penn State is right up there with the Buckeyes as far as the top defenses Indiana is going to play this season. Uh, they've given up 21 points one time. That was to Michigan. And since then, or beyond that, they have not given up anything more than 17. So that's that's an elite defense. And Indiana is going to have to, I think, find some unique ways to score. Uh, and that I think Indiana can move the ball on Penn State and Michigan, but coming up with some creative red zone packages, I think, is going to be very important for the Hoosiers. So I, I, I imagine that they're going to be working on that. I've been very impressed with Kalen DeBoer. No reason to think that that's going to change here in the next uh, next few games. But those are kind of the two primary things that stand out to me. Um, just 
you know, I think it's perfect time to get everybody a little uh, a week here to get fresh, and, and then, uh, you know, the coaches will start game planning for Penn State, I'm sure, right away, and then, um, you know, hit it again early next week with putting in the game plan and, and coming up with a way to attack Penn State. Uh, and who knows? I mean, it's you're right. This is a good team. They will not go to Penn State thinking they cannot win. Um, I think that they're playing with a lot of confidence and a lot of belief in themselves, and, and they will go to Happy Valley thinking that they can pull off an upset. Uh, and, and I think that they are a good enough team that if they play incredibly well and get a couple breaks, uh, I see no reason why that can't happen. And then at home against Michigan, Michigan is playing better, but that is still a beatable team. It is. It's a beatable team. Now, it's something Indiana hasn't done in a long time. You know, we've been right there against Michigan several times, but Indiana's been unable to, to get over that hump. This year, as we've said before, they have changed the narrative. They've flipped the script. That would be another one, that they've been there before. They've been right there at the end and haven't been able to make those one or two plays. Uh, this year could be different because I think Michigan is beatable. I think the Hoosiers are the, better than they have been in a long, long time. So, um, you know, these next two games will be incredibly tough. At Purdue is going to be incredibly tough. Uh, but I, I think that the IU players believe going into it, there's no reason they can't go 3-0 and and finish this year with 10 wins heading into a great bowl game. Yeah, and, and I've been watching Penn State the last couple of days. Uh, they're a very good team. And it's yeah. exactly what you said. And they capitalize on mistakes. Now, their offense is explosive. But I, I was watching the Idaho game, and Idaho is not very good. But no. they had short punts and gave them short fields. And it was – you can't give this Penn State team points. And you saw IU go in there a couple of years ago, and right off the bat, it was 21 nothing. You gave up a kick return for a touchdown. Jason Harris fumbled, and I think that was returned for a touchdown. Um, there was a, a, um, a Morgan Ellison fumbled uh, that set up another touchdown. This is a, this is a game where you're going to have to play a pretty perfect road game to get to get it done um we'll see what happens this weekend with penn state going to minnesota i assume tomorrow when the college football playoff rankings come out penn state's probably going to be fifth or sixth um they have a lot on the line uh indiana's kind of that trap game in between a trip to undefeated minnesota and a trip to undefeated ohio state uh, mm-hmm. People called the Northwestern game a trap game for IU. I just I didn't see that happening. Um, no, but this no. is a t- this is a game. It's a long shot to win it at at Penn State, but I don't think it's a game where I think Indiana's past the point of crapping the bed. At least I hope so. It's always a chance that might happen, but they've. I mean, they fell in a hole at Nebraska, but they came back. And they've been outside of that Ohio State game, and Ohio State's done it to everybody. They've been really, really competitive. Uh, And there are no moral victories, and I don't even know what a moral victory is. But if you go in 
and what I want to see at Penn State, I want to see them play well, play up to their potential, and give it their best shot. Look, if if they if IU plays their their A game and Penn State plays their A game, Penn State's probably going to win. That's what's yeah. going to happen. And as long as you can walk out of that stadium going, I could live with that performance, and we could take. Now you hate to lose if you lose. But that was a good performance, and sure, people are going to call that a moral victory. But wrap it up, move on to Michigan, and finish out the rest of the season. Penn, Indiana's never won at Penn State. You're asking a team to do something that this program has never had done, it, and it's a tough ask. And it doesn't invalidate anything that has happened this season. They are no. a top-five team, and it shouldn't invalidate whatever they do. But going into Michigan – I think getting Penix healthy uh, is a really big deal. Uh, and Peyton Ramsey has been really, really good. And he's improved a lot since last year. But the way Michael Penix throws the ball, the playbook is a little bit more wide open for him. And the way the quickness he gets the ball out of his hand um, – kind of negates a little bit of what Penn State could do on, on defense. Uh, so mm-hmm. there, there's a puncher's chance at Penn State. I think Michigan, and I, I really hope that Indiana fans don't get discouraged if Indiana goes in and, and gets beat at Penn State. You come home, it's senior day. You, you have a really good chance to to, to beat a, a Michigan team. Um that, that's a, it's a solid Michigan team. It's probably similar to those the last couple of years where Indiana's been right with them. But yeah, if there's any time that Indiana's going to beat Michigan at home, it, it probably is this year. Um, and, and then, of course, the bucket game. There's still so much on this table, and I think the hunger, and, and Tom Allen calls it starving. There, there's a lot of unfinished business here. It's not... You know, and people called Northwestern a trap game because, hey, we got six, mission accomplished. Well, that didn't happen. And now it's a oh, seven winning season, mission accomplished. I think they all know they want more. There's a lot of young guys who haven't been marinating in this losing culture that has been IU football, and maybe they mm-hmm. just don't know any better, and yep. they're going to try and get as many wins as possible. So we'll see. It's going to be a fun three games in November. Uh, I think in the off week, you got to get healthy, get some of these young guys some reps, um, try, try and get some rest for, for some of these guys who's played a lot. Uh, guys like Matthew Bedford, who I think has played uh, – he, he, he came out late in the game against Northwestern. But get some of these guys to be as fresh as possible and, uh, you know, keep playing well and see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's you're right. There there are a lot of young guys on this team, and not just young guys on the team, but young guys that are starting or in the too deep. You know, in the playing heavy rotational snaps. Uh, it, it's a very young young team. That yeah, you're right. They might not know any better. They might not know. Oh, we're not supposed to go to Nebraska and win. Oh, we're not supposed to uh, beat Maryland in a close game on the road. We're supposed to 
collapse and find ways to lose those games. You know, that none of that matters to them. There, it doesn't matter to them near as much as it does to to the fans that watch it, you know, religiously week after week. Um, so that that very well could be the case, and if so, awesome. Uh, it's amazing uh, to, to be able to just completely get past that mindset and that culture and, and start building your own um, and having it be different. They all talk about that when they come in, uh, you know, leaving their mark and making a difference and, and building it a building a, a better program than what they came into. And uh, in, in what's happening with this group of players right now is, you know, living that out right now. It's we're seeing it on the field, and it has been so exciting to watch Indiana building that. You've seen it improving, you've seen it getting better, and this year you're getting the you know the manifest actual results. Uh, and it, it's been a lot of fun to watch, and I, I really cannot wait for these last three games to see how the Hoosiers respond uh, to three very difficult contests. And I don't care who's playing quarterback for Purdue; they will be a tough out in West Lafayette in that finale. Um, I don't care if Moore is playing or not. I don't care if, uh, you know, if they're down to somebody after O'Connell, uh, their, their current quarterback, I, they're going to be tough. That's going to be a difficult game for Indiana to win. And yep. I, I think that Indiana knows that. I think they will be ready. But first, you know, you go to Penn State, give it a shot. Like you said, if you go there, play really well, and Penn State's just better, okay. Okay, you don't like that. You don't have to enjoy that. You can keep working to change that. But at least you can still feel really good about yourself heading to Michigan. And regardless of what happens on Saturday in Happy Valley, Indiana will at worst be 7-3 and three coming out of that game and still have a shot at a 9-3 and three regular season. Even if they lose by 100 at Penn State, they'll still be at worst. Seven and three because of the work they've put in so far this season, uh, and that's something special and worth you know we're celebrating. The players don't have to celebrate it, <laughs> you know they they can keep working on it. We as fans we get to celebrate what they've done so far, uh, and it really has been a, a fun season to to embark on with them. So I'm looking forward I really to the final. I, I really hope they don't lose by a hundred in Penn State. Well, I hope so too, you know, but uh, just. As a general point of reference, at worst they're going to leave that that Saturday seven and three. At worst, yep. That that the worst thing that can happen is they leave Saturday seven and three. Uh, it's non-health related, of course. So, um, but there's no reason for Indiana to go there expecting that to happen. As you said, I think they're past that, and uh, I think they're going to go there expecting to put up a real fight, make Penn State work for it. Um, and then do the same against Michigan. So uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. It's It's been fun having you uh, have you listen to what has been a really memorable season so far and hopefully lots more to come. Yep. And uh, if you're a college football fan, even though IU's not playing uh, this week, there, right. are, yeah. there are two really, really big games. You've got yep. uh, Penn State heading to Minnesota at noon. And then number one versus number two in LSU, Alabama, um, down it's in ba- in Tuscaloosa this year uh, yeah. at 3:30 yeah. on CBS. So, and we got action starting up. November college football is just the best. Um, so thanks for joining us. Come back to HoosierHuddle.com 
uh, early and often. We'll have stuff out, at least one new article out uh, all week um, during this open week, and then we'll get back uh, into the heavy lifting, getting ready for Penn State. Follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore Huddle, and you can follow us on Instagram as well at Hoosier underscore Huddle. Thanks for joining us, TJ, and we will uh, we'll get back at it next week against uh, when we preview uh, Penn State. Absolutely. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Have a good week. All right. That does it for today's show. Thank you for joining us. And before we leave, I do want to give a shout-out to one of our newer sponsors, Manscaped. Uh, the support for, for Armchair comes from Manscaped, uh, who is num- number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off of, with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use uh, promo code armchair. Uh, they sent me their kit this week. It has a trimmer, uh, a straight razor, uh, so some different creams and lotions. It was a really cool uh, setup. Deodorants, everything. It, it's it's really really cool. Um, good stuff for for the the man in your life. So if you're looking for a Christmas gift uh, or Hanukkah gift or any kind of holiday gift, birthday present. Check out manscaped.com. Use the promo code armchair for 20% off and free shipping. That's A-R-M-C-H-A-I-R at manscaped.com. All right, thanks for joining us on this Monday night. Enjoy the rest of your week. And remember, IU is on open week this week. The game time for Penn State has not been announced yet. Their uh, TV networks are using their flex card or Whatever the option is, it'll be announced on Sunday, usually uh, in the morning on Sunday. It's either going to be a noon or a 3.30 game, and uh, we'll keep you updated. Thank you for joining us. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app.
That's all one word, Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. 